again, fellow travellers, and welcome to podcast 180 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And we wish you a very happy 2024, whether your travels are actual or of the armchair variety. Today, though, our main focus is on revealing the answers to our 12 Days of Christmas travel quiz, which I hope you've enjoyed doing. The idea was to guess the destinations based on clues we supplied, then work out what it is that connects them all. And there were a few important points to bear in mind. All the destinations are to be found in Europe, that's geographical Europe rather than the (coughs) political one. Um, There's only one destination from any single country. And finally, The order of the destinations in the mini podcasts is important to bear in mind when you're trying to work out the link between them all. Anyway, here's a reminder of number one from our AI assistant, Dervla. What are the location's distinguishing features? First, think port that's not on the coast. And canals, lots of them. It was once called the naughtiest city in the world by a youthful visitor from the UK who went on to become a celebrity. Are there any statues to reckon with? There is one, more than one, four actually, in the square of the same name. And if you go to this place, you'll see them or their effigies standing there. Well, the answer, as I think most of you will have got, was Hamburg, a great city. Um, I think it is actually one of the three top German cities alongside Berlin and Munich and a place of immense beauty, history, friendly, um, great food and drink. And of course, something which no other city apart from Liverpool has, which is a strong Beatles uh, connection. And I... uh, the I, I I like your clue particularly, Mick, about uh, uh, the Reaper Barn, as in uh, Grim Reaper. Uh, actually, I think I, they would probably pronounce it the Reaper Barn, and this was the Red Light District and the various clubs where they played. And it is so worthwhile going and exploring this place because, of course, the uh, the the saying i think which i'm going to attribute to john lennon is that uh, the beatles were were born in liverpool but they were made in hamburg do you know it at all uh, well i have been there and i remember thinking that it seemed very um english if that's uh, the right thing to say because of all the red brick buildings but since then there's been some splendid modern architecture which has um, appeared in the in and even on yes. the old warehouses and just going back to the beatles um uh, it was actually the young george harrison who called hamburg the naughtiest city in the world uh, uh, george of course being extremely young i mean he, he legally he shouldn't have been out of the country or he certainly shouldn't have been working in germany and um uh, especially not in the very nefarious clubs well let's move on to destination number 2 <laughs> What are the location's distinguishing features? We'll give you the fact that it's a port whose fortunes are rather dependent on the price of oil. But there's also a spectacular beach and the destination boasts the world's widest granite bridge span. What famous people hail from here? 
The most celebrated person is a female singer who shares with me a Christmas Day birthday. Who am I to disagree? It was Aberdeen. I suppose oil and granite are the uh, giveaway features there. Uh, I must say, um, I didn't know about the marvellous beach, although I have been there. But it was in winter when uh, a uh, northerly North Sea beach was um, quite a long way from uh, uh, anybody's thoughts. Um, Mm. But I want to just um, pick up the the birthday um, sharing um, between you and... Um, well, who am I to disagree was indeed a giveaway clue. Yes, Annie Lennox, of course, of Eurythmics, the other half, who isn't Dave Stewart. Uh, she's exactly one year older than me. I'm a huge fan of Aberdeen. I love the beach on a sunny day. Even if it's not sunny, you've got a couple of things that, that uh, a lot of people miss. Fiddy spelt foot d which is at the foot of the river d is this beautiful little fishing community with tiny cottages and then the i think some call it the old town but the area around the university is really very very handsome so if you haven't got any plans for a city break in britain then you could do much worse than aberdeen time to head south though as day three took us across the channel What are the location's distinguishing features? Where do you even start? Well, its enduring, emblematic attraction was originally designed as a temporary structure, and also the name of one of its many bridges is a total misnomer. It boasts 20 famous districts, 10 vineyards, and it even has a medical condition named after it. Give us a building to admire. My favourite building used to be a railway terminus. Today it's a wonder from outside as well as inside, so long as you don't want to catch a train. I think you're giving the right impression there, but I'm going for a whole square. Our location's oldest public one with a meticulously manicured central garden, which is surrounded by beautifully symmetrical 17th century townhouses. Well, of course, it was uh, Paris. Um, And uh, I hope you got my um, uh, terrible clue um, to the Quai d'Orsay or the Musée d'Orsay, the absolutely splendid um, uh, museum of Impressionists and post-Impressionists. Although my favourite architectural uh, part is is the uh, Place des Vosges, uh, the square that I Mm. described um, in uh, in the podcast. Yes, and look, uh, we've got to run through the other clues. So emblematic building intended to be temporary, of course, with the Eiffel Tower, rather like indeed the London Eye. Uh, the bridge with the, being a total misnomer, uh, the Pont Neuf, the new bridge, it certainly isn't. And then you've got 20 arrondissements. And until you told me, I didn't know there were 10 vineyards. For day four, we headed south and east, um more than 500 miles from Paris to reach this destination. What are the location's distinguishing features? This location is rather overshadowed by its gorgeous near neighbour, though its iconic attraction certainly isn't. You can walk very easily into the city centre from the very nearby International Airport. Give us a building to admire. 
I think I'd go for a whole square, an architectural miracle, if ever there was one, including a cathedral where you can spot, among many other things, a striking gold ceiling and a pulpit by a sculptor whose name I can't give you as it's too revealing. Hard to argue with your choice there, though I like the very unusually shaped accompanying building with its incredible acoustics, just begging tourists to shout silly things. Well, the answer is Pisa, of course, overshadowed by Mount Mighty Florence, but in my eyes, a place well worth visiting, even if you don't even take a look at the uh, uh, famous tower, the Campanile, which, uh, uh, of course, um, is at a very definite tilt. And the Field of Miracles, the Campo del Miracoli, I believe, is this uh, uh, amazing location where, yeah, again, ignore the, the, the tower and just explore the rest of it. And the reason that uh, you weren't able to give the name of the sculptor who um, fashioned the actually extraordinarily beautiful pulpit in the cathedral is that he was called uh, uh, Giovanni Pisano, uh, (laughs) Giovanni Man of Pisa, which I suppose would have given it all away. Anyway, moving swiftly on, um, the uh, day five took us to England. What are the location's distinguishing features? Layer after layer of history within a city that is wrapped in ancient walls. Which, I agree, doesn't narrow things down completely, given the competition across Europe. Give us a building to admire. The signature place of worship is a Gothic masterpiece resting on the remains of a Roman fortress with the statue of an emperor outside. And what about food? A typical dish, maybe? Almost too many to name local cheese fish from the nearby coast. Pudding, though not necessarily of the chocolate variety, though there's plenty of that available too, whether or not you're a rascal. Well, I would have struggled um, with this one because I think the reference to um, a foodie reference to rascal Mm. or rascals should have given it away, but it didn't to me. Okay, well, York is definitely the answer and a a, a superb city, which uh, has, I think, probably the the greatest collection of, of diversity of any where certainly in the UK of that sort of size, less than a quarter of a million people, and arguably um, uh, more than most places in Europe, and another very worthwhile city break if you've not been there. Do be warned, though, that midweek is better than weekends because it's extraordinarily popular with, how can I put it, um, exuberant parties um, generally travelling down from the uh, Newcastle area. Enough said, I think. Day six took us to the Balkans, and Doug Hopper got in touch via X, formerly known as Twitter, to tell us that he'd had trouble with this one, as I was expecting something else, having slightly misguessed the connection. Well, we'll get on to the connection later, but I don't think you were alone, Doug. My own nearest and dearest were confounded, and blamed me, of course. (laughs) 
What are the location's distinguishing features? It's one of those places where city streets open up to a vista of snow-clad mountains, and yet just 20 miles in the opposite direction is the sea. Not telling you which one, though. Give us a building to admire. Probably the most notable is the Pyramid, but it's a very distant relation to those on the Nile, having been built from concrete in 1989. What famous people hail from here? Well, quite honestly, Dervla, very few. But let us mention a spiritual figure revered around the world, not actually born here, but for whom the local airport is named. The answer, Tirana, capital of Albania. And the local airport is named for Mother Teresa, um, who was of... Albanian extraction, I should say. And I climbed the pyramid um, about a month or so ago. It's a very distant relation to those on the Nile. And it was actually put up in 1989 during the incredibly oppressive communist regime, harder line in Albania than anywhere else. Um, And they still don't quite know what to do with it. But as an open, welcoming city, uh, 21st century Uh, Tirana is great, as is the rest of Albania. I hope to uh, return there sometime this year. Um, Does it appeal to you at all, Mick? Yes, I'd be really interested to see some of the, I think there are hundreds of um, uh, bunkers which uh, the dictator Enver Hoxha scattered around Albania in his uh, uh, paranoia, I think we could uh, say, uh, and which have now been converted into tourist attractions of various kinds. Let's hurry on to day seven. What are the location's distinguishing features? A very broad river runs through it, crossed by one of Europe's most distinctive bridges. It could be Liverpool or Rome. Or anywhere. But it's not. Give us a building to admire. This emblematic 1970s structure gives you a whole new angle on housing and cubic metres take on a whole new meaning. Part of it, by the way, is a very good value youth hostel. How about a night out to remember? You should definitely try this venue, whose name includes a popular hot drink. But we're not in Pret-a-Manger territory anymore, and some of the menu would be illegal in most of the rest of Europe. And this one is Rotterdam. I'm not sure if it's easy or not, actually. Um, The bridge in question, which is known as the Swan because of its um, beautiful and interesting um, lines, uh, was designed by Ben van Berkel, who I presume was uh, Dutch. But it looks as though it could have been, how shall we put it, um, significantly influenced by um, one of Santiago de Calatrava's um, works. That's the great Spanish bridge builder. Oh, don't... don't... Don't be so mean. On the subject of uh, architecture, of course, we uh, also wanted um, uh, to help you with the cube houses, which is uh, effectively they look like dice which have been thrown scattered um, across part of the city. Um, The idea is that they all kind of nestle together. And I've stayed in one of these because it is a youth hostel and it's a lovely um, way to uh, change your approach of um, 
of, of living and these things are basically all perched on a, on an edge and you can really enjoy uh, this this new dimension at the same time if you're in the uh, uh, youth hostel of sleeping as well as you can in a room made for eight and then the a night to remember aspect of this well that was uh, an allusion towards the coffee uh, shops which are um, of course somewhere where coffee is might be on the menu but the main purpose is to serve up marijuana ah yes well for day eight we take a lengthy trip from rotterdam well if we're going overland anyway what are the location's distinguishing features its unique selling point for travelers is its wealth of ancient treasures you could also call it a gateway by sea and by air to dozens of idyllic holiday spots. Give us a building to admire. This monumental collection of buildings perched on a rocky hill is the most striking and complete example of the ancient civilization that flourished in this location. Though when you say complete, there are some notable missing pieces. And what about food? A typical dish, maybe. Cinnamon and oregano are featured in this unique, savoury dish. It can contain beef or lamb or just vegetables. There will certainly be aubergines plenty, tomatoes, excellent olive oil, and a topping of creamy, comforting bechamel sauce. Mmm. And we are, of course, in Athens for this destination and sampling some delicious moussaka. And maybe I should uh, clarify my clue about the um, bit missing from the uh, Parthenon. And that is, of course, the Elgin marbles, which, of course, might indeed uh, return there. I think I might, too. Um, Athens was always one of those places up to the Olympics where it was just really hard work, noisy, choked with traffic, really not not a pleasant place to be. And then since the Olympics, and this shows what can be done, it's become much more human scale, much more pedestrianised. And I really appreciate it as a beautiful city to be in. Um, so going from sort of zero to hero, uh, genuinely an impressive thing. And of course, it's a great location from which to explore the rest of Greece. Anyway, day nine took us offshore to an island. Obviously not a Greek one. That would have been breaking the rules of the game. What are the location's distinguishing features? This city has been awarded UNESCO World Heritage status because of its unique characteristics and its historic importance, including being the first European capital to be laid out in a grid pattern. Give us a building to admire. The main place of worship features a heavily gilded Baroque interior and one of the biggest and most spectacular of Caravaggio's works. How about a night out to remember? That will include raising a toast to hard-drinking actor Oliver Reed. You can visit the last bar he ever drank in, which has a seat in the corner. That's now a shrine to the hell-raising thespian. Well, we are in Valletta, the capital of Malta. And the building to admire is the Co-Cathedral. Um, it is so spectacular. Uh, it feels as though you are in a really special Italian 
uh, location. But of course, this was effectively all put together the work of the uh, uh, Crusaders, the Knights of St. John, who simply wanted to have a a, a stronghold um, f- where they could flourish and also um, launch the occasional raids on, uh, on the Holy Land. And they did uh, wonderfully well to create Valletta, the first, as we said, European capital to be laid out on a grid pattern, although some people will probably write in and say that the Romans did this. Please don't, unless you've got a good joke to go with it. And although we gave the impression that uh, it's mostly hellraisers who were welcomed there, uh, Oliver Reed, Caravaggio, um, I can um, reliably inform anybody who hasn't been there that if you go in spring, late spring, um, the island of Malta is carpeted in absolutely beautiful wildflowers. Number 10 next, and another longish trip, this time westwards. And one that attracted this comment from friend of you should have been there, Rebecca Halpen. Number 10 wasn't immediately obvious. It required a bit of research. And now that I know more about it, we'll probably do a day trip there next time we're in that country. What are the location's distinguishing features? It's a perfectly preserved medieval town, walls and all, with the UNESCO stamp of approval. And when I first went there, I wrote, X is sufficiently insulated from the pressures of the 21st century to remain gracefully decrepit, with countless places to pause and reflect on the kindness of time on this corner of Europe. My word, they don't make them like that anymore. It is actually the very definition of a hidden gem, though, but not really that hidden. It's less than two hours by train from its country's capital and not much further from the nearest frontier with its neighbouring country. Give us a building to admire. The cathedral at the top of the town, built in the 13th and 14th centuries, massive and imposing, created from rose granite with decorative battlements that make it look like a castle. And I'd add to that the whitewashed houses with yellow or ochre-coloured trimmings that line the narrow streets around it. And the destination is Évora in Portugal, which you chose, Mick. An interesting one, given all the the places beginning with E, which it could have been. And um, giving a clue there about the the final outcome. Um, Why this one? (laughs) Well, um, I did... um think about uh, several E's, but I had to attach the E to a country uh, which we hadn't already featured, and I thought it was a shame to leave Portugal out, so I chose um, Évora. And uh, I haven't actually been there, but it does look absolutely lovely. And Anyway, on to number 11. What are the location's distinguishing features? Like Mix House, this is a multilingual location. Also, like Mix House, it's very friendly with a wide range of drinks on offer. Give us a building to admire. It's a museum built within the ruined walls of an old fortress, designed by a architect who has recognisable work elsewhere in Europe. How about a night out to remember? You could decide to go on a mobile pub crawl on public transport, and it won't cost you a bean except for the beer. And what about food? A typical dish, maybe. Green bean soup with sausage, followed by homemade chocolates. 
Well, this is Luxembourg, the city rather than the country. But there is something we ought to clarify. Well, I think you ought to clarify it because it was um, it was your uh, your destination, Simon. And that's about the mobile pub crawl where it won't cost you anything except for the beer. And that's because all public transport in Luxembourg since, uh, well, we're coming up to the fourth anniversary now because it was uh, just as COVID was happening, uh, all public transport completely free. I could not believe it when I first heard about this. Um, it's proved extraordinarily popular, uh, not least, of course, with impecunious visitors. And uh, yes, you, you can just step aboard any form of transport you like if you really want to pay. I believe they still have first class carriages on trains, which you can pay a couple of euros for if you don't want to be stuck with me. And now for number 12, closer to Evora than it is to Luxembourg. <laughs> What are the location's distinguishing features? It's a destination in the purest sense of the word. Many roads lead there and many visitors make their way here in many different ways. Even I have. I'd add that this place and the surrounding area are in many ways not typical of the greater national whole, musically to name just one aspect. Give us a building to admire. I'd go for a hotel. No ordinary hotel, but a luxurious museum of a hotel with a visual delight of a facade. It was originally a hostel for our location's exhausted special visitors, but that was some centuries ago. I'm going to choose the whole of the square where your building and the cathedral are to be found. But there's also a splendid 18th century townhouse and a 17th century college. All very different architecturally, but absurdly harmonious. Bit like you and me, Mick. We are, of course, in Santiago de Compostela in northern Spain. Destination for thousands of pilgrims each year and indeed for Mick Webb last year. Indeed, I uh, I made the 120 kilometer uh, walk uh, from Ferrol on the north coast to Santiago de Compostela, and uh, as I arrived uh, at the gate to the uh, the main square, the Plaza del Obradoiro or Praça do, do Obradoiro in in Gallego, uh, I, along with all the other pilgrims, was was greeted by a bagpiper, which I actually recorded. All I can add is that Santiago is a great place to end a journey, but it's also a very good place to start one. And I love the pilgrimage which runs from there to Finisterra, the end of the world. It takes about three or four days and an absolute joy. There we are. That's all 12 destinations. And as a recap, and by way of an explanation of what it is that connects them all together, it's over to Rebecca Halpen. Who sent us this audio message? Hello, Simon and Mick. This is Rebecca here wishing you both a happy new year. Thank you for this quiz, which has been fun to do over the festive break. And the answers are Hamburg, Aberdeen, Paris, Pisa and York, which spells out happy. And then Tirana, Rotterdam, Athens, Valletta, Evora, Luxembourg and Santiago de Compostela. 
which spells out travels. Happy travels. Yes, that's what we were looking for and what we are wishing everyone for 2024. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Your reward will be in, well, Evera, perhaps. But to close this podcast immodestly, I wonder if you can mention an accolade from another listener, Michelle Hockley, who sent a message on X with the following words. Thank you for the great You Should Have Been There quiz, a real treat with brilliant clues notwithstanding a great place to start planning travel destinations for 2024. You are too kind, Michelle. Thank you very much. And thanks also to everyone who listened and tried the quiz. You can find all 12 mini podcasts at anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there or one word. If indeed you would like to listen back to them and see where you went wrong or indeed where you went right. We will be back again very soon. For now, though, please do get in touch. Tell us what you think about the uh, quiz, about travelling, about your plans for 2024. You can post a message on X, formerly known as Twitter, at you should have bt or why not go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and see if you can leave us an audio message we enjoy and appreciate all contributions for now from me simon calder and me mick webb goodbye goodbye and goodbye from me dervla as well may all your new year travel wishes come true and do keep listening to you should have been there